The following program is part of the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations China podcast series. For more information on the National Committee, visit us at www.ncuscr.org or connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, or Weibo. Hello, I'm Haini Guo, Senior Program Officer at the National Committee on U.S.-China Relations in charge of law and economics programs. I have with me for this podcast Professor He Weifang from Beijing University Law School. Welcome, Professor He. Thank you. Uh, I'm honored to have this opportunity to talk with Professor He. Professor He is one of the best-known legal scholars in China today and is greatly admired as an outspoken and passionate intellectual who has been urging legal reform for almost 20 years through his teachings, writings, and public lectures. Professor He, I actually first got to know you when I was a law student. <laughs> so I would like to first thank you for your inspiring work. I'm delighted to be here with you to discuss rule of law in China. Okay. Um, well, let me start with your most recent book that is published by the Brookings Insti- uh, Institution. Institution. Mm-hmm. And the title of the book is In the Name of Justice. Striving for the Rule of Law in China. It's a collection of your most important and influential articles and lectures. So as illustrated by the title of the book, you have been striving for the rule of law in China. So on this long march, where are you? My question is, you know, where do you stand now? So what is the status of rule of law in China today? Oh, it's, so it's, uh, maybe it's, uh, with some little difficult to answer this question. Uh, in the past uh, 30, more than 30 years, uh, China, of course, have a great achieve, achievement uh, about rule of law. Uh, a, a lot of uh, legislations in, in the uh, past 20 years, we did much work about judicial reform. <laughs> Uh, since, uh, you know, the enforcement of legislation is very difficult since the quality of judges, quality of legal professionals was very lower uh, in the beginning of the judicial reform 20 years ago. Right. Uh, so we established, uh, introduced a new uh, bar examination in uh, 2000 and uh, I think it's very, very important for the quality of judges. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, we combined these three different branches of legal profession, you know, judges, lawyers, and uh, prosecutors uh, must pass one uniformed uh, examination. 20 years ago, I think only one third judges had, had put uh, legal education background, but right now, maybe more than more than eighty uh, percent uh, have very complete legal education background, mm-hmm. and the past the uh, by examination, this is very very important for the future of Chinese uh, law. But the critical problem. Is still uh, on the relationship between the 
Communist Party and Judiciary and the Communist Party and the legislature in the country. I think it's very necessary for China to to have something like enlightenment about how to pass a good good legislation. We 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 still don't have a good preparation for the those new style relationship, even even under the new generation. Of the leaders, I I don't think this is have good enough job for those those new enlightenment. Well, that actually goes very naturally to my next question, which is I know my understanding you have been advocating like gradual progress on legal reform. Like instead of what you call revolution, so as you have just discussed, so some of these measures have been taken, such as the judges and the court system. So, but you also talk about the lack of such institutional changes that's in the branch of legislature. So, what would be some specific measures you would recommend? In last November. Chinese Communist Party passed a new de- decision about uh, uh, reform. Of course, not only legal reform, but include included some new measures for legal reform. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, to abolish the so-called lao jiao system. Ah, so re-education through labor. Yeah, through labor, and. Uh, to establish the authority of judiciary of the society, and to reduce the intervention of the Communist Party to into the legal operation, I think for me it's very important the new concept about maybe we can call it judicial jurisdiction. Different from executive jurisdiction uh, since uh, since nineteen forty nine, the legal system. I think maybe exact executive jurisdiction divided divided into, for example, province. Uh, we have about thirty five province. Provinces. These provinces not only executive division, but also legislative division, and also judicial jurisdiction, and of course, it's party division. Communist Party divided to different. Uh, committee, uh, provincial committee. Every province we have a party secretary in charge of almost all things in, within the provinces. Uh, this is very very harmful for judicial justi- justice in, in in the country, right. since fiscal 
and the personal affairs all controlled by the local government, local authority. We have not such a mechanism to to uh, enforce enforce the law uh, uniformly. This is a very very uh, it's terrible system. Uh, of course, the, 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 the design of the system uh, had a very special ideological background, uh, socialism, uh, the leadership of the Communist Party. From comparative perspective, all the socialist countries have had those special system. Uh, I think this is target for the new reform. So this is a, almost maybe we can say revolutionary uh, reform uh-huh. in China. The introduction of the special concept of of, of judicial jurisdiction uh, and uh, uh, to keep the courts and the prosecutors separated from from other powers, uh, especially from executive powers and the party powers. Mm-hmm. That's like a very important thing, and it's related to your long-term passion for judiciary independence. Mm-hmm. Despite all these obstacles, would you say you are still optimistic of accomplishing or like someday at some point reaching the judiciary independence and thus establishing rule of law in China? Oh, uh, we, we, we need to do hard work for, for that. Uh, for example, the discovery of the history of Chinese Communist Party uh, especially uh, the history of past uh, 60, more than 60, 60 years, how the, the actual operation of the power, especially Communist Party's power in the society. And uh, from the land reform and the anti-rightist movement, cultural revolution, we, we can say the Communist Party did so much wrong thing, even crime, to the to the nation, to the people of China. So we, if we like to establish the legitimacy of judicial independence, independence, this is not not only not only work for uh, within the legal field but also about ideological uh, reform and uh, about uh, political reform. This is a big problem, and uh, I think it's a very, very big challenge for the new generation of of Communist Party. Mm -hmm. So I guess we can see on this long march, we have just made some initial steps. Well, I'm just told that our time is up. I'm, I always have so many questions, but <laughs> we just do not have enough time. Thank yeah. you so much. You're welcome. Uh, it's my pleasure. Yeah.
and I hope we get to talk in the future. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much.